Hello, listeners. Beyond the Mask, in conjunction with NBC RNA, is pleased to announce that listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how to submit them, go to our website. Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. All right, Sharon, back together again, and we're in the studio. You know I love being in the studio. Yeah. I mean, this is great. You know, we're not quite through COVID, but you've had your shots. I've had both of them. Yeah. <laughs> make me sound like a dog. I've had my <laughs> shots, for God's sake. My rabies shots. Oh, uh, well, they haven't offered it to me yet, so uh, I have not had mine. Well, so. you're not high risk. You're young. You're healthy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there are people out there that are young and healthy that having issues it. as yeah, well, too. That's true. So, that know, is true. Um, what type of blood do you have, Jeremy? It's red when it comes out. Well, let me see. <laughs> I, you know, I really don't know. Sarah was really? asking me that the other day, and I, you know, I don't know what type of blood. But I will tell you that, you know, I've been reading all these studies mm-hmm. about the lack of vitamin D. Right, and, and O-positive and so forth. people usually yeah. do better. So, you know, I've been loading up on the vitamin D sure. and all that stuff. Well, you stuff, should so. anyway. Yeah. It helps prevent colon cancer, too. Huh. Didn't know that. But, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how so many women have low vitamin D. I yeah. didn't realize that until I started oh, talking about and it. And it makes sense that all of us have low vitamin D because nobody gets outside anymore. Yeah, that's true. By that's and true. large. So but hopefully this summer we'll all be tanned. <sighs> yeah. Laying up. You know, Sharon, you've lost all this weight now. You put that bikini back on. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know or if maybe a bikini not. is ever in my future again. <laughs> just saying. So, um, but we're super excited about oh our guest man. today. I am so looking forward to this one. I, when I, I started reading about this, I'm just very interested in the stuff anyway. I know so. you are. So with us today, we have Laura Wiggins. Welcome, Laura. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah, we're excited about uh, Laura's talk today. Laura, why don't you give our listeners just a little bit of your background? It's uh, quite extensive, but if you'll kind of summarize, you know, your background, that'd be great. Well, I started out as a CRNA in the military. I was trained through Uniformed Services University, and I was active duty for 14 and a half years. And then I had a break in service and went into the reserves. I then became, eventually became 
the chief nurse of 9-11 Paramedical Staging Squadron. And we were developing a CCAT team, critical care air transport team. I was also part of this critical care air transport team at the 445th in Dayton, Ohio before that. So basically we were building teams to deploy and to take care of our members overseas and to transport them. And we figured the best nurses in a lot of cases to do that are CRNAs. They, you know, have the airway skills and can go point of injury and pick up the patients and take awesome care of them. So that's basically my background. I retired in 2018 after 25 years of service total. Wow. So so not even in the reserves now, just retired. No, ma'am. Totally retired. I, I am involved with some of their training because mm-hmm. they do have a contract to do simulation training mm-hmm. at Robert Morris University. It actually hired me to write some of their curriculum just based on my experiences and knowing what they deal with. So, so do you miss it? Yes, <laughs> I do. I, I miss I the people more than anything. Well, yeah, I hear you. Now you're in Pennsylvania. I am. And are you involved with your Pennsylvania Association? I mean, it sounds like you have got plenty of leadership experience. So actually, I waited until I retired from the military and I jumped into PANA full force. And I actually am their federal political director. Um, I'm also a board trustee for PANA. And we have a lot of issues here in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So. Our government relations chair, Jess Poole, does a fantastic job with the state side of it. And, you know, I deal with the federal issues and together we're able to do a lot of things as far as legislation goes and, you know, work in Harrisburg and in D.C. Mm-hmm. Well, I've spoken at that Hershey meeting oh, yeah, me many too. times. It's been good. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's a great place. I eat too much chocolate when I go uh, there. Well. Yeah. So do I, but they say it used to smell like chocolate, the whole town, but it doesn't No, it doesn't anymore. No. Well, Laura, first, we want to thank you for your service to our country. Absolutely. And your dedication, not only to our military, but to CRNAs around the country and what you're doing and have done to promote and support CRNAs. So, Well, thank you. Well, and our topic today is extremely interesting to me, and it's how CRNAs were involved in the secret U.S. rescue in Yemen that eventually led to the Abraham Accords Middle East peace deal. Wow. That is huge. Amazing. Uh, Yes. Tell us a little bit about, you know, this and why you think it's that important and that our CRNAs should know about this. So a lot of times our CRNAs, especially that are on the special operations teams, aren't allowed to talk about these missions. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like the unsung heroes. They do them. They do them well. They do their jobs and they don't really get a chance to like talk about it. But I actually witnessed this. I was actually there physically in August 11th of 2017. I actually deployed as the uh, critical care air transport team. And I had a trauma surgeon on my team and a respiratory therapist. And we actually had done a mission. We'd gone through Afghanistan and picked up a sick civilian contractor. He had some sort of cardiac event, but we actually aerobacked him to Germany to launch stall. And we got to Germany and we were quick turned. Usually they let us lay down and get some rest. They told us we had 30 minutes to get back on the plane. And we were all kind of griping. We didn't have food. We were hungry. We were tired. We had just done this whole mission thinking we could, you know, lay down, get some hot food and 
get some rest. And we returned right away to IUD to air base in, in Qatar. And so when we arrived back at the base, we weren't really told anything, but usually what we do is our sister team would usually meet us with the van and help us unload all of our equipment and, you know, basically put everything back that we needed to do, restock our equipment and whatnot. Well, those guys weren't there. Mm -hmm. So our mouth started going, you know, where are they? They're (laughs) sleeping because it was actually two in the morning. And it doesn't matter like what time it is, they would always meet the plane there. So we quickly found out that they had actually been tasked with another mission. And the mission initially that they were tasked with started out with one or two injured personnel. But the request came down from the Secretary of Defense. So we thought that was a little interesting. That was the only thing we knew at that time. They were told that they had two patients and then that quickly expanded to three. And then they said they had four and then they said they had seven. Wow. So one CCAT team can only handle three critically ill patients, mostly because of the equipment they have. They only have three ventilators so that they could ventilate three patients at a time. So we knew they were going to add another CCAT team onto that mission. And sure enough, we got pulled aside and were asked if if, um, we were rested enough to go on this mission. After 24 hours. Yes, ma'am. We were up for quite a long time. So we talked about it. We were like, okay, this is a Secretary of Defense mission. And, you know, we are in a peacetime. So a lot of time we did have a lot of downtime. And between that, it just happened that these two missions fell back to back Mm -hmm. and you know, so we basically, you know, talked amongst ourselves and said, we better go because this was Secretary of Defense. And, you know, this is something big. We didn't know exactly what it was. So we went back to our hangar and restocked our equipment, reloaded it, and were taken out to the other plane to meet the other crew. You mean the healthcare providers didn't sleep for 24 hours and you go back out, but the ones who are flying the plane get to be changed. Do. Okay, <laughs> so actually, just making sure. That's funny that you mentioned that because that particular day, I happened to say crew rest is for sissies and they put it on my retirement flag. <laughs> Watch what you say, Laura. Yeah, because the crew, the air crew does get to sleep. They sure. have a mandatory time sure. that they can fly and a lot of times... I would even notice like when we would get on the planes, if you would see like an augmented crew, they would have like a backup pilot. I knew we were going somewhere further than they might have been telling us. So, you know, you start to get like a keen eye in some of those uh, things. But, you see the signs. Yes. Yes. So I basically said crew rest is for sissies. Let's get on this. <laughs> Secretary of Defense said this. Let's figure out what we're going to do. So we were taken out to that next plane, a C-17 that was ramping up and getting ready to take off. We were configuring the plane knowing you know, things were coming down, what had gone on. We knew we were going to have to take blood products. We, you know, got all that. We, you know, set up our stanchions, set it up like a, basically an OR if we needed to do anything as far as that goes on the plane on the way. And um, what happened when we got out to that plane, that other CCAT team saw us coming and we were the more experienced team at that time. And they gave us a bunch of high fives. Mm-hmm. And I think they were that's happy to see us. you. <laughs> Yes, we needed that just to get through that mission. Mm -hmm. It was the high fives. They were so happy to see us. Hey, you're here. You know what I mean? Like, we can't believe. We stunk. We were sweaty. We hadn't had a shower and we hadn't slept. So 
Did they give you some crackers of... and a and a coke and say get on the plane or how's that work? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you know, we met up with them and we started strategizing. They were kind of looking to us because we were the more experienced team. And so we had a whiteboard. We were setting up our stanchions. We were strategizing what was going on. We found out that we would actually have six critically injured patients. And so y'all are all on the same plane. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. The C-14. Yes. So your team has a trauma surgeon, a respiratory therapist, and you. Yes. And what about the other team? They have... The, the other team had an emergency room physician. Okay a critical care nurse, and a respiratory therapist. Okay, so you're the only, only CRNA. CRNA. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. So we ended up... Isn't that interesting? They No anesthesiologist. No just anesthesiologist. Wanna, just want to make sure I got this right. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're sometimes there. I mean, my cousin is an anesthesiologist, and he was in the Air Force and deployed numerous times. But more often than not, it's the CRNAs that right. are out there yeah. doing it. Yeah. So he actually deployed as a sea cat doc. He he enjoyed it. That was just something that was kind of like an adrenaline rush thing. So, mm -hmm. but anyway, that particular day, we, you know, basically strategized everything. We're talking to the other crews, set everything up that we needed to do. And we told them that we would take the most critically injured patients just because we were more experienced. And that was, that was actually their first mission. Which oh, was wow. Shocking. Oh, my Jeez. Lord. <laughs> yes. This story keeps so, getting wolves, better and huh? better. I, hey, Laura, I just want yeah, to make so sure. They were, just, they were a little bit stressed, but. But they had slept all night. They did. Okay. They, they had slept. They were able to like get all their equipment. They didn't um, stink. <laughs> well, they no, might have stunk, but that didn't. That didn't no, we hey, Laura, Laura, I just want to make sure that the CIA or the FBI is not going to come knocking on our door for this. We're we're good to talk about all right, this, right? This has been in the newspaper. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, just making sure, you know. I mean, and that's you know, why so. I wanted to talk about it, because I'm like, you know, the Wall Street Journal's talking about it. Let me just tell a little story. What oh, my so God, that's pretty big. I was, you, you wrote down WSJ, and I'm thinking Winston-Salem Journal. Oh, gosh, uh, Sharon. Uh, <laughs> Wall Street. She obviously doesn't read the Wall Street. So what was so unusual about it, this mission, Laura? Well, we weren't told a lot about it, exactly what was going on, where exactly we were going. All we knew is that, you know, we had to wait for a couple of things that were going on. We found out later what was going on. We actually ended up flying into Yemen and landing in the middle of night. The pilot did a phenomenal job. I mean, we didn't have any lights on the airplane when landing. Oh, wow. Had, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we were flying into, we didn't really have permission to go in there. So um, were there, there lights on the <clears throat> runway, though? No, no. It was a contested wow. airfield. Oh, my gosh. No lights on the plane. No lights. Not on no the lights. Oh, was it really man. quiet whenever he was landing? Yes. Yeah. And we ended up dropping the back of the plane door down and backing up to where we were supposed to rendezvous with these ospreys Os that we're bringing them. Oh, okay. those are the ones that they're uh, helicopters, like okay. helicopter planes. They okay. The ospreys are are they marines? Yeah, I mean we yeah. kind of do a lot of joint things, yeah. joint service. So things. you're going to have to get on the helicopter. Yes. Okay. So and they, this is all right. Now I'm getting the timeline here. I'm sorry. So you got back to your base at two a.m. You're all yes. you got ready all day long. You're preparing the plane. Oh, it was a couple of hours. Oh. We had left before oh. we landed before dawn broke. Oh wow! So yeah, you, you're morning. back at That's two. Oh and you're, my god! So, so okay, five or six in the it. morning. Okay. Yeah. Oh snap! Wow. So we ended up 
but the the pilot did a phenomenal job. And we backed up to these ospreys that had just landed. And what I wanted to describe to you was the people that got off the plane, they were in really heavy armored gear with weapons that I cannot even describe to you. And the first person to get on the back of our plane had a huge patch on his chest that said CRNA. And oh, I was wow. so proud. Oh, wow. you're, you're, you're very emotional right now. I yeah. can tell. Yeah. Yes. I was so proud at that moment. And the funny thing is my trauma surgeon was trying to talk because he's very, he tries to be very domineering. And um, CRNA told him to shut up. He was giving a report. <laughs> <laughs> Good for He's him. like, shut up, I'm bringing you these patients. So uh, I was like, he was like, okay, yes, yes, sir. So, and that's another interesting thing because in the military, I actually outranked the surgeon. I was a lieutenant colonel. He was a major. So uh, people would always refer to me for what was going on. I mean, he had the medical authority and I obviously respected that, but it's an interesting dynamic. Mm -hmm. So, but the CRNA that got on the plane that day took, completely took over. Do, and, and you... I don't know if you can say anything about that CRNA or are they still in? Do y'all most likely they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know who they are, but you can't um, just chit chat in yeah. the middle of all of that. Yeah, They probably won't, won't be able to talk about it. Even sure. if you know, they weren't unless, I mean, I'm retired. What are they going to do? Make me retire again? <laughs> right. 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 Oh. That's a nice position to be in. Oh yes, absolutely. But anyway, that gentleman got on the plane, basically took over, started bringing us these injured patients. And it was incredible, some of their injuries. They had already given them whole blood. They had already done the damage resuscitation surgery. And these they had brought them off the USS Baton, which was out in the Gulf at that time. Mm -hmm. So all of these people were special operations folks. We've realized a lot of their injuries were very life-threatening. Mm -hmm. And we needed to get them out of there because Yemen was a civil war. So they were basically shooting at each other. Yeah. Okay. So oh, the other thing I didn't tell you, back in Qatar, a group got on the plane that is usually on for plane protection. So I knew we were going somewhere that was pretty intense. And, you know, they had a lot of weapons that you've never seen before to protect the plane mm -hmm. once we got mm. there. Wow. So those guys were on the planes with us. And... They're a group called the Phoenix Ravens, mm -hmm. and you can actually you can look them up. But it, it, basically, that's what they're for. And Laura, that's so. through which branch? I don't know, but I just think all the this Air is. Force. I'm going to use Laura's term. I think this is all badass. Absolutely. You know, I'm like excited <laughs> right now about this. So. Oh, of course, your testosterone <laughs> surging as we speak, and you wish you had done that. When I do. You were younger. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. This is it is thrilling. I, if yeah. I had it to go back and do all over again, I would go into the military. I think. But they don't take old ladies, so so sorry. <laughs> Tell us some more. Now, you wrote that CNN knew the scope of your mission before you did. And we, we talk a lot about the media and things, yes. but this is an interesting point. Could you elaborate on that just a little bit? So that was actually, once we got to Germany, we really didn't know who or what we had on our plane on our mission I mean, we really didn't care. We were taking care of them. Right. We knew it was something was going on because there were a lot of foreign nationals that looked like they might have been dignitaries from, mm -hmm. you know, some other country that were on our aircraft. 
So when we when we finally did get to Germany and deliver our patients, we were actually getting off of packing up our equipment back on the ambulance bus and you know getting back to our plane. And there were a lot of Middle Eastern people who had beat us there that were on cell phones that were waving at us and thanking us. So they had taken their private planes there ahead of time, knowing mm-hmm. that that's where we were going. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, something's up. So I just pulled up CNN and CNN actually told us what was going on. Who your patients were? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we, and the funny thing is, is we got back to Al-Udid eventually. And my commander looked at me and he says, what exactly was it that you guys were doing? Because he said, there's a lot of chatter on the secret side, you know, of, you know, everything that was going on. And I I just told up my phone form with the CNN news Mm -hmm. um, brief. And he was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> See, everybody else knew what we were doing. So now but, you yeah. talked about something else before I interrupted, and I, I apologize. A walking bloodline. Tell me what that is. So on the USS Baton that day, they recruited a bunch of people to donate blood, to donate whole blood in order to save the lives of these seven patients. They did receive whole blood, they received a lot of it. One of my patients received over 50 units total. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Did they all um, he was survive? Actually, <clears throat> did they all survive? Yes, they okay. did. Wow. He was actually aortic cross clamped at one point. Oh, my. And during the takeoff, we had to resuscitate him. So I had actually tied myself into him so that they could take off with the, the straps. I was giving blood and doing chest compressions while I was given levofed and other medications oh to get his Lord. blood pressure up. And we actually did a combat takeoff that day. And that means um, in order to get out of there safely. And at the time I was so mad at the pilot because when he took off my head hit the stanchion and I was like, I'm going to have a head injury in addition to everything else. But when I read the after action report, there were actually anti-aircraft Missiles. Um, missiles in the area and so he probably actually saved our lives by doing that so what does and that mean he just like takes straight off up. at a 90 he took degree straight angle. up and went sideways and i think we might have been inverted at some point holy cow <laughs> in a c-14 well i really believe in this proning stuff with you know covid and everything because y'all were so proned <laughs> patient was literally proned at that point and his blood pressure came back wow really during the takeoff wow so you know holy what i mean holy cow and you always say because i was inverted i really think that that's what happened that day so do, do you ever vomit uh no <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't, but I'm sure it's happened. It's happened to quite a few people in those situations. So, wow. So, Laura, you got me in suspense. What was this? What was going on? So, this was actually what happened, and the Wall Street Journal article talks about it. Is a request went out that went to the Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, at the time, to ask for assistance in getting the United Arab Emirates military members a save from a helicopter crash. And that's what that happened. It was in a contested airfield. They took those patients to the USS Baton, did trauma resuscitation. One of the members of the party was the crown prince of, one of the crown princes of the UAE. Oh, wow. Holy so God. that's what happened. And Jeez. you probably don't even know which was which when you're taking care of them. I mean, you're just like 
No, not when we were taking care of them. No, but we realized afterwards. Holy cow. So, so they reached out to the U.S. for help. They did. And the interesting thing is, is that they have the money. They have the planes to do this stuff. They don't have the people. They don't huh. have the CRNAs right. to take care of these people. They don't have the people that are skilled and qualified to do these missions. Uh-huh. And that's what's so amazing. And CRNAs were there on multiple levels during right. this whole incident. So you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't yep. have the people that can do it, those folks' lives wouldn't have been saved. Yeah. Yeah. So how did this affect the peace accord? So that happened, like I said, in August of 2017. And recently, I don't know if you remember, there was a peace accord that was signed at the White House, like back in the October time frame. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, President Trump was there. Actually, Israel, UAE, yep. Kuwait joined in in Egypt. They're trying to get other people to sign into it. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're attributing that secret mission to, you know, us helping as an allied country, helping them and taking care of their patients, taking care of their important folks. They're basically saying that it was um, medical diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And wow. that led to the peace accord. Wow. And General Mattis actually debriefed us later on after this. And he told us that day that we had done medical diplomacy that day and it would, it would pay dividends for years to come. Wow. In so many ways. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you could extrapolate this and maybe that made Trump understand the value of CRNAs because I'm sure there, one would hope there would be those discussions. And then yeah. he uh, did the, you know, opt out of federal supervision during COVID. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. you never know. We'd like to think that. Well, Dr. Moore met at the White House with him. So hopefully he yeah. you Between know, got those a pleasure two for that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wow, this is just, I mean, I've got goosebumps over here just listening to this. And uh, wow. That is some story. So, and the peace accord has already shown some improvements in the Middle East, right? I mean, we've we've seen some ramifications for this already. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's my understanding. And unless you've ever been there, there's there's still a lot going on there. Yeah. I mean, you have the Shiites, you have the Sunnis, they can't get along. At one point when we were there, there was an embargo against Qatar, and mm. we couldn't even fly out our normal routes on the missions because there was a chance that, you know, somebody was going to take us out because they limited the flight lines at that point. They're just, you know, loosening the embargo on them at this point. So it's it's all very tricky over there. Yeah. So well, they've been to have any for... sort of agreement mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. Well, they've been fighting for thousands of years. I mean, you know, it's not going to enable. Yeah, it's not going to stop anytime soon. We know that. But by but, what you guys did, it uh, it relieves some of the pressure over there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, hopefully that sustains itself for many years to come. I hope so. I and I I just feel blessed to have been able to witness it, yes. you know, and be a part of it. Well, and you were representing the CRNA community over and there. Which, so thank uh, you for that. Absolutely. And you noticed that she was admitted to the Yale Candidate School for nurses. Yeah. So somebody's going to run for office here. Cannot wait. Yeah. That's awesome. Cannot Can't wait, wait to see. Where do you want to end up? Good question. 
I don't know. I think the sky's the limit, you know. So, well, clearly it my, is for you. <laughs> You've been there. <laughs> I have. I mean, I have my good days and bad days as far as politics goes. I have some days where I can't stomach it. Don't we all? But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But other times, you know, you know, I like lobbying. I like being in Washington, D.C. I like being in Harrisburg. And I think it's important that, you know, our students and our other CRNAs understand, like, what's at stake. And, you know, I've been in the independent practice. I understand that. And my big point is, if I didn't have to be supervised while I was being shot at, why do I have to be supervised when, you know, I'm back here and everything's under control? Right. So, oh, that's yeah. a good point. That's, well, whenever I talk be the to legislators, yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> but I always tell legislators when I talk to them, there's an imaginary line on the ground and my IQ changes from here <laughs> To hear based on a, a state line. I mean, yeah. how incredibly silly is that? But we're making headway. We're making headway. Yeah. Well, because you know, of people like you. I'm sorry. You know, Laura, I, and I did see that another profession, you'd love to be an astronaut. So maybe you could, you know, take over the Space Force one day, you know? I actually, when they announced that, I was almost like, let me fit back into my uniform. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> To infinity and beyond. There you go. <laughs> Gosh. Well, Laura, this is so interesting. And again, I mean, all the stuff that you've seen and been through and you're bringing that valuable experience back to CRNAs and now even through the advocacy you're doing on the legislative front. And anything that you would like to conclude on for our listeners as we kind of wrap up here? Well, we still need title designation in PA. So oh. that's oh. something that annoys me constantly mm-hmm. but um that's in a lot of states new york yeah. i mean there's a lot of them so i just think it's important to tell these stories because if they're not told nobody will know about them yeah. and so i really appreciate you guys having me on to tell us the story and i mean there are some wonderful crnas doing fantastic work out there and it doesn't always get you know discussed so I've actually been deployed where I was actually a CRNA on the ground too. And my favorite deployment was the CCAT mission where I got to witness all of that. Well, well, thank you for your service. And I will see you on February the 6th. Absolutely. For our webinar that since we couldn't do the campaign school, we're doing a webinar with part of our faculty. Nice. So I'll get to see Laura then. Nice. Nice. Well, Laura, thank you for being on the show today. This is, uh, I know for me personally, this is uh, very interesting and, you know, we just appreciate you being here and telling your story and hopefully other CRNAs out there or prospective CRNAs that might be listening one day will see the true value of of being a CRNA and, and ways that they can give back to the community as well. So. Thank you for having me. And I hope somebody, you know, decides to do something good or advocate or, you know, join the military. Yeah, it was it was great for me. It was a fantastic career. I can't say anything bad about it. Absolutely. And I love that you've called Sharon ma'am this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a military thing. I know. I know. You know, I work down in Fayetteville. I call you ma'am, too. Yeah, but that's (laughs) for a whole different reason. But. 
you know, I work down in Fayetteville, so I work with a, a lot of military people, and it's amazing. They are all just super polite, just like that. Yeah. I, I, I used to being called ma'am, you felt old, but now I understand it's a term of respect mm-hmm. for the military. Absolutely. So well, it's yeah. ingrained in me, and you can't, yeah. you can't take it out. <laughs> that and being 15 minutes early for everything. Absolutely. Well, you know, structure <laughs> and discipline, and, you know, Absolutely. so many of our young folks don't have either one of those anymore. And I think the military does a great job mm-hmm. at instilling that into folks. Um, and it's needed. It's needed dramatically as we look out where we are today in this world so mm-hmm. and with that <laughs> i think it's a wrap that could be another series in <laughs> yes. itself Sharon. yes it can <laughs> all right well we want to thank our listeners for listening to beyond the mass with jeremy stanley and sharon pierce if you like our show and want to know more check us out wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review but only if it's positive yep and don't forget Refer us to your friends. You know, we're in the top 50 medical podcasts now, Sharon. And where do we want to be? Uh, in the top 10. Sharon says top 10. I want to be number one. Well, you know, you let's know, go for number 10 one. 10 meant something back All right, in my okay. day. Being a 10. <laughs> Being a 10. Meant something. I like that. I never <laughs> thought about that. So, But uh, again, thank you and Sharon. It's a wrap. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. 
And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.